Hi, my love. I hope you're enjoying Manifest Daily, whether this is your second or your 22nd episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with our latest episodes. And if you really love this show, I would appreciate it if you could do me a huge favor by leaving a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. It really helps the show grow and reach more listeners like yourself. And like I said, I would be super grateful for you to leave that five-star review. Thank you for being here and for being a part of this amazing and growing podcast community. Now let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. Hi Madeline, happy Monday. Hey, How are you? I'm good. I literally started the recording and I heard this like loud noise from Zoom talking about this meeting is now being recorded. And I'm like, I have never in my life since I've been using Zoom and recording have heard that sound. So that it startled me a little bit, but you know, we're good. Same here. That's why my hello was a little bit delayed. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? Um, well, thank you so much for joining me. So for everyone listening and tuning into this episode, Madeline is the founder of The Clean Bee. And I'm actually going to let you go ahead and take from here to tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do in your business and what exactly is The Clean Bee for anyone who hasn't come across you on social yet. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for having me on here. I absolutely love your content. I love your podcast. And I feel so honored that you wanted to bring me on the show. And it's so nice to virtually meet you. So thank you again for uh, this collaboration. So um, yeah, my name is Madeline, or you can call me Maddie, but I launched the Clean Bee, uh, which essentially started as a passion project. Um, I've been interested in the health and wellness space for going on almost nine years now. And really when COVID stopped the entire world around this time last year, I felt this pull to really open up a space where I could express all of the ideas and research and just a lot of what I wanted to share in regards to health and wellness. Um, So I launched the Clean Bee as a space where I could really just share all of that. Um, And it really started with just this passion for toxins and understanding all of the toxins that are all over our world and in our environment and wanting to just sort of raise awareness for that for people. Um, which I can go into a little bit of my backstory if you'd like, but that was sort of the impetus behind launching the page. And it's just been an absolute dream and has really gained traction and people seem interested in wanting to learn more. And it made me realize how much uh, I think a lot of this flies under the radar. Um, I think health and wellness is becoming more and more popular as the years go by. And I think that Um, one of the things that is starting to finally get more traction is people paying attention, not only to, you know, oh, are you eating your, your fruits and vegetables, but do your fruits and vegetables have glyphosate on them? Um, and really just taking it one step further and empowering people to be able to make informed choices is really, um, definitely where my passion lies. 
Oh, that is amazing. And I really love how you touched on this being a passion project for you. I think so many businesses and movements are started from passion, right? From someone being really, really interested in something and wanting to bring awareness to that thing. And then going from there and creating again, a a business or a movement. So I love that. And I, I agree with you. Health and wellness is definitely becoming more popular. I feel like that's that's, I don't know if that's the right word, but it is a word to describe it. Um, and it is becoming more of a thing that people are focused on now. Like they want to to understand how they can live a really good life and feel really good. And it goes just along with like what you're putting in your body, the environment that you're in. I think it also goes hand in hand with like your spiritual journey, how you are spiritually, um, emotionally, physically, all those things. So you mentioned kind of wanting to go into your backstory a little bit, and I'm kind of curious to hear that and how that's affected this whole journey and movement and starting up your page. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Um, well, so long story short, um, well, I live in the Caribbean for anyone that um, doesn't follow it. my page. <laughs> yeah, I live in the Cayman Islands. It's beautiful. Um, I'm originally from Florida, but I moved to the Caribbean um, about eight, a little over eight years ago after I graduated from college and I moved to the Virgin Islands and it was a beautiful, it is, still is a beautiful island. And I was sort of living, you know, the... 22 year old life, excited to like be out on my own and living in a new place and really finding my footing as, you know, a new adult in the world. And I'd say about a couple of months into living in the Virgin Islands, I one day noticed that I had a little red like bump on my leg and I just thought it was a mosquito bite. I didn't think anything of it, went about my business and then a few days later, I noticed it was getting bigger and it was a little bit more painful. So the typical like WebMD me from eight years ago, I was sort of a hypochondriac back then. I WebMD'd it. I thought, oh my God, I have a spider bite. Like they're going to have to cut off my leg. So dramatic. But (laughs) Um, So I went to the doctor's office and the guy basically said it was a staph infection. Apparently they were very common on the Island. He gave me antibiotics and he basically sent me on my way. So I thought, okay, I'll take antibiotics. It'll go away. It didn't, it got worse. Long story short, it was an excruciating experience where I had to go back to the hospital and they had to basically it's disgusting. So sorry, but they had to cut it open. Mm. and basically get the infection out. And I then had another sort of swollen lymph node happen a few weeks later. And same thing had to be drained and they wanted to put me on antibiotics. And I remember just driving home and thinking something is like, something's up. Like up until that point, I feel very blessed that I had no, you know, major health issues or really had dealt with anything other than maybe getting, I think I had strep throat like once when I was 11. So I was like very blessed to be, you know, really healthy. And that was the first time that I had experienced something that really scared me and made me question like, what's going on in my body? Like, why can't my body 
seem to get rid of this infection and why am I getting like a repeat um, inflammation? So I just went down the rabbit hole, basically. I didn't want to take the, it would have been at that point, it would have been a third round of antibiotics within a few months, which if your listeners don't know, um, I'm sure they do, but you know, it's not good to take antibiotics unless you absolutely need them. Um, that's how, um, antibiotic resistant strains of bacteria are created is from overuse. So I had this sort of inherent wisdom definitely passed down from my mom of not knowing that I shouldn't take antibiotics, um, three times in a row. So I went to trusty old Google and, I just basically Googled how to heal staph infections naturally. And that is what took me down the wormhole, so to speak. And I started reading up on all of these methods, oil of oregano, manuka honey, garlic, ginger. And as I sort of started that research, I realized a passion that I didn't even know that I had, which has just been a flame that was lit, I guess, almost nine years ago now, um, that has just continued to grow. And with that journey, I was when I started, you know, really paying attention, like, okay, clearly my body is trying to get rid of something and it's struggling. So what can I do to support my body? Like, how can I tune in? And that was when I started looking at the ingredients on my personal care products the ingredients in the food that I was eating. And I mean, I'm kind of an all or nothing girl. So I went a little bit full throttle right from the start and I dumped out like most of my house. Um, but it's safe to say that was, yeah, again, almost eight and a half years ago and touch wood. I haven't had anything like that happen since. And so I do feel like I was able to, I guess, cure my body in a way of whatever infection it was dealing with. And I was able to get it out. Um, and I feel really grateful for that. And then that sort of started the journey and it's just been a passion and a trajectory since. And then, um, that's what led me to get, uh, certified as a integrative health practitioner. And I've taken, you know, lots of other courses and studies over the years. And, um, that is again, the, the passion behind the clean bee of sharing all of that knowledge and trying to make it in a way that's accessible and easy to understand um, for people that maybe aren't interested in this, but they can benefit from it. Um, Cause that's really my end goal with, with everything is just how can I empower people to have the information that they need to make better choices for themselves and their family. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. That is an insane story. I don't know what I would have done being in your position with that bite. I actually recently got like this bug bite on my face. I think it, um, I went to the pharmacy and I think they told me it might've been a spider bite, but my like eye ended up swelling up and being super itchy the next day. And I was terrified. <laughs> so I can't imagine it being like on the opposite <laughs> end of like excruciating pain and like they have to cut you know, your leg open and that's, Oh amazing. yeah. Oh my gosh. And you know, I'm actually from the Caribbean as well. Oh, I know you're not from there, but I'm from the Caribbean. And I think it's really interesting because I grew up with sort of like a similar understanding of like medicine and wellness of like, 
there being just like the earth is healing, right? And plants and food and everything like that is your medicine. So it's like, even growing up, I just never really took medicine. It's like, if I were sick or, you know, I had a cough or something like that, like my parents never, we never had like, you know, cough medicine and things like that in our cabinets. It was always like my mom would make me a certain type of tea or she would always make me ginger teas. So like when you said ginger, I was like, yep, either like the ginger with the honey or like things with lemon. So I kind of understand that perspective of using the the earth and, and your food and what you're putting in your body and what you have around in your environment as like the healing, because I think that's where it starts originally. We're so quick to run to artificial medicines that we've created from, you know, and they do come from plants and ingredients that we source from the earth, but then we, we chemically engineer them and we do things to them, right. To kind of make them these super drugs. Right. And mm -hmm. I think that there's a, a time and place for those, right. Because they do come into play in our lives, especially if we're talking about like very serious conditions and illnesses and things like that. But I believe for the everyday person, like using your food and looking at what you are and taking on a daily basis. And again, not just food, but even things as like the media you're consuming, what you're reading, what you're listening to. I think that has such a profound effect on your health and wellness. So I love that, you know, you were kind of thrown down that rabbit hole. And of course, it, it's awful that it had to be with an experience like that. But I, I think that a lot of times in the stories that I've heard from people and guests on the podcast and also for my personal journey as well. It's oftentimes those really tough moments that allow us to question our reality and question what we think we know and change that and be like, okay, maybe it's time for like a new way to approach this. Right. Oh, so good. You hit the nail on the head, honestly, like, which that's so cool that you're from the Caribbean, which Island are you from before I forget to ask you? That's yeah. awesome. I'm from Trinidad, Tobago. So I was born in uh, Port of Spain, Trinidad, but most of my family lives in Tobago. Oh, beautiful. That is yeah. so amazing. It's, it's very true. I love, and that's, you know, the thing that I love about just holistic health in general is that it's really back to the roots. I mean, and as you said, like there's a time and a place for modern slash conventional medicine. I mean, if you have a broken bone or you're about to have a heart attack, like, you know, don't go to like an energetic healer, go to the hospital. Yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, outside of that, outside of the acute injury and illness, um, when it, when we're looking at chronic disease and, and illness and inflammation and things of that nature, um, and even just, you know, little illnesses or a little sniffle, taking it back to the root is where I think holistic medicine is. That's what it's highlighting. It's all the different cultures all around the world, all have their own beautiful practices that work for centuries before we even knew what Advil was. And I think there's so much beauty in that and honoring that and honoring the fact that your mom inherently knew like, oh, I'm going to make this ginger tea because that's probably what her grandma or her mom made for her when she was sick and it works and our body also knows how to heal itself we just have to provide it with the right environment and it will it will regenerate and it will heal mm -hmm. um, but when we try to ignore the symptoms which again I'm not knocking anyone for taking Advil or you know Tylenol I'm a human and I've definitely taken my fair share but I think 
we've just become so accustomed to a quick fix and needing to just sort of, oh, I have a headache. I need to fix this. I need to move on. And no, a headache is actually your body's way of, of telling you something. If your check engine light came on in your car and you just ignored it for a year, you're, you probably would have a big issue. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you actually, you know, take a chance to look into it, see what's going on and get to the root of the issue there, you can fix it before it blows up into something bigger. And I think I like to think of our body and our bodily signs and symptoms as, you know, our check engine light of our car when we have a headache or when we feel bloated or we have a little bit of brain fog. That's not a moment to tune out. That's a sign to tune in and to really say, okay, what's going on here? Like, what is my body trying to tell me? And the beautiful thing with the, like what you were saying with your family and how you had this beautiful cabinet of, you know, your home remedies is that now modern science has caught up to ancient wisdom in And so far as that we are able to use science and data to prove why these ancient and more traditional maladies and melodies, excuse me, uh, remedies work. And I think that that is what's so exciting is because our modern society wants proof, um, but now we're able to show proof with these, you know, more traditional practices. I agree. I agree. And I'm definitely, you know, I, I'm one of those, I wouldn't necessarily, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I definitely am just not a huge fan of the pharmaceutical industry and it's entire. So I am all here for us kind of like just seeing, like you said, the, the proof right behind the fact that these things work. And I think sometimes I, I feel like part of the agenda to push more of these, Uh, pills essentially has been not showing the research or not doing the research to show that some of these older remedies, these things that have been around for years and years and years actually do work and convincing people that you need, you know, the more modern thing in order to make a difference. So I am really curious to know, um, if you have come across any specific like facts or learnings that have shown you the importance of why clean eating or even having a clean home is so important. I know I'm sure the listeners can probably like think of some that they've seen recently, but I just would love to know any that you really have seen or read or heard about that have stuck with you through the course of your work. Absolutely. Um, and I just want to say as well, I totally agree with you on the pharmaceutical industry. And yeah, that's definitely something maybe we can dive into later. <laughs> I'm like, they, they are hiding information. Okay. So do your yeah. research. Do your research. <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, that's an, a great question. Thank you so much for asking. I mean, there's definitely, you know, the, the surface level of, you know, just being mindful and the added benefits of, you know, like feeling more rested and, just feeling like you have more energy and and things of that nature. Um, But I would definitely say some of my most passionate points, I guess, in regards to living a hashtag low tox lifestyle (laughs) is the fact that (laughs) 
um, is that when you take a look at all of the ingredients that are really just in everything, and I think that's the thing that, like, if your listeners can take away one thing from this conversation, I would just love it to be for them to realize that not out of fear, but that we are inundated with over 80,000 man-made chemicals and products like every single you know day. There's over 80,000 man-made chemicals over only less than 3% have even been tested for human safety. Oh my gosh. And all of these are in our environment. And something that really irritates me is the fact that chemicals seem to have the same rights as humans, which is, or at least in the States, we have, you know, this clause that you're innocent until proven guilty. Mm -hmm. And that's basically the way the pharmaceutical and the biotech and the chemical engineering companies have been granted this immunity sort of, of, well, these chemicals are innocent until proven guilty. And even when they're proven guilty, there is still so much um, hoops and, you know, these government bureaucratic Mm -hmm. processes and you know, all of these um, borders of getting these ingredients and chemicals off of the market. And there's always a lot of backlash and there's a lot of PR campaigns that go into trying to hide information and keep things hidden from the public And I just want people to know that that's the reality that we're in. And if we can be informed and empowered with the knowledge that we actually can take back some of that control and some of that power by making informed choices, then that's what we can all like, that's what we should all be striving to do. And it's definitely a privilege to be able to even do that. Um, But that's why I think that it's the responsibility of anyone that has the privilege and the means to try to make better choices to try to make better choices, because then that causes a ripple wave of products then becoming more in demand, which then drives the cost down for other people. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but, you know, 10 years ago, gluten-free and keto and all of these words weren't in the, you know, average person's lexicon. Mm-hmm. But now, I mean, you walk down any supermarket aisle and you'll see like, you know, everything is being labeled organic and gluten-free. And that's because there was a push from consumers demanding these products. So the companies respond to what the consumer demands. So if we can't get them on the political realm to change their practices, we can sure as hell get them to when it hits their pocket. And if people stop buying these crappy products full of chemicals, then we can slowly get them off the shelves. And then that will benefit everyone because then it won't even be an option anymore. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. You were like, let's, let's hit their pockets. Cause really at the end of the day, and it's, it's something that it's like, you know, 
obviously being a human in this reality, you, you observe it and you see that a lot of things come down to money and a lot of things slide under the table and get looked over because there's money involved in large corporations. And I don't know, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I believe that there are a lot of things that aren't regulated by the FDA, especially within the, um, the beauty and lifestyle space. So I think food is regulated, but then it's like certain things um, aren't regulated. Like for example, I think in skincare, companies are can use claims like natural, organic, things like that without being policed. And so a lot mm -hmm. of companies will use those terms because they know they're hot. They know that people tend to go for those things and they'll use them to justify prices, like premium prices. And I'll often find myself like at Sephora or Ulta and I don't have like a ton of insight. Like I'm not the, the all-knowing person into what every single ingredient in my skincare is, but I know that there are certain things that I personally don't like to be in my skincare makeup. I'm a little bit more lenient with, cause I take it off, but still obviously it's, it's on the skin, but, um, I'll kind of look at the ingredients on certain things and, and just be like, some of these products are just filled with a ton of like chemicals and filler things. And, really things that I'm just like, do we even need this in a moisturizer? Something that's sitting on your skin all day, soaking into your skin, you put it on twice a day. And I feel like I, it's, it's one of those things where again, like good marketing, good, having a good PR team, good social media, having a large ad budget, right. Comes into play. And these companies mm -hmm. push these products to a lot of times it's the younger audience, the millennial audience, the audience that's now getting into the shopping that they can really grab as soon as they get into that market and hold them for years and years to come because they build up that brand loyalty with them. And I, that's something I'm really passionate about. I'm actually working on a project. I'll actually like fill you in when I get closer to like it being a thing, but to kind of yes. work on that, because I am someone that like, especially when it comes to what I put on my body, um, what I put on my skin, right? What I use in the shower, things like that. I love to find small owned businesses that I can shop with where they list out their ingredients. And it obviously it's cool to support a smaller business, but it's also cool to be able to look at an ingredient list and be like, oh, I know what these things are. Like I know every single thing here. Exactly. And I love every single thing here versus looking at a list and seeing like, these long words that you're like, what the heck even is this? Like, what is this? Cause that to me is a little bit scary. Yes. Yes. It's so true. And I love that. I love that you said like being able to look at an ingredients list and just, and knowing what's there. And I think that that's the thing that probably overwhelms most people is that like, it's almost like you need like a biochemical engineering degree to like understand half of the stuff that's mm -hmm. not only in personal care, but even in our food products. And the, the thing is, and I guess to answer the question, um, which I didn't really answer properly, sorry about that, but no, I think um, you answered about, <laughs> okay, well, good. You have a good fact, um, like the one with the, um, the amount of like toxins and the amount that are tested, like that was like mind blowing to me. <laughs> It's yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, so much of these ingredients, um, some of the biggest, and I think the thing that I'm most passionate about is the fact that not only are so many of these things showing links um, to different kinds of diseases and cancers, but also um, almost all of them, 
especially when it comes to the things like bisphenol A, which is like your BF, your BPA, PFOAs, DEA, MEA, TEA, all of these like triclosan, fragrance, all of these things are endocrine disrupting chemicals or EDCs. And the endocrine system is your hormones and your hormones rule your body. I mean, it's, they are, your hormones are responsible for so much of, you know, regulating our body functions and the way that we feel. And when we're messing with that on a daily basis, and again, that's, I think what I want people to understand is that it's, it's not just the one thing that you're getting it from, you know, you're not just getting it from your moisturizer. You're getting it from your moisturizer, the face wash, when you go to work, the chemicals that you're, are, the, they use to clean the office, um, you know, the chemicals used in the restaurant when you go out to eat. And it's not to scare you. It's just to make you aware that you're going to be exposed no matter what. So if there's some portion of it that you can take control of, and that's at home, then it, then it's good to try to, to try to like, just be aware. and. I think a lot of people think that it needs to cost a lot of money to, you know, kind of live like a lower toxin life. And it's actually quite the opposite. I mean, you can definitely invest in some delicious high quality products that are made with amazing ingredients and, you know, things of that nature. And yeah, a lot of those are, you know, pretty pricey, but really simple is best. If instead of getting, you know, the pine saw, like I grew up, my mom would always clean with pine saw. Mm -hmm. And I like that smell just reminds me of being a kid. And but instead of getting pine saw, just get some baking soda and vinegar. Like that's all you need. And that's cheaper. It's going to last you longer. It's safe. It's okay if you eat it, you know, and I think that if you back to what you said about looking at a label and seeing ingredients that you recognize, I mean, you don't even need to know what BPA does to your body. But if you can just know that looking for that and avoiding that and sticking instead to ingredients that you understand what they are and you see that they're coming from nature, then that's, you know, that's a great sort of, I guess, rule of thumb. Yeah. I have a comment, but before I make my comment, please tell me you like Mrs. Myers and Method. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please. Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> yes, I do. Okay, um, <laughs> oh my God, that's so good. I love it. I'm like, oh my gosh, because I'm like, what do I clean with? I'm like, oh, I love Mrs. Myers and I, I use um, Method. And then for, I love that you mentioned the baking soda. I don't use, it's funny because again, this is like stuff I grew up with because my parents would actually like, when we cooked anything and our home smelled like of what we cooked and my mom wanted to get rid of the smell, she would like boil vinegar or like my mom would like clean um, certain surfaces with like vinegar and like a little bit of water, things like that. So I hate the smell of vinegar. So I don't like use <laughs> vinegar much, but I will use like baking soda and a little bit of water to clean like my stove and sometimes um, just bring it onto like my uh, my countertops as well. So I'm like, okay, I think, I think I'm on a good track here. <laughs> I'm in a good place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But it's so funny. You mentioned the hormones because I, I had, um, I had Diani who is a, forget her title. I want to say she's like a period expert. Well, I don't know if that's her actual title, but I know she is an expert in that. We were talking about birth control and how that was like, 
we were just going into that. And I know you probably have your thoughts on that because that in my eyes is like the ultimate hormone disruptor targeted for mm-hmm. who identify as female. And I recently, um, well, it's not even recent at this point. It's over a year now, which is insane. But I got my IUD out last January. Um, yeah, last January. Awesome. And I have, It's it's been so interesting just observing my body and observing what happens to my body and how my moods are and just everything that happens throughout the course of a month, right? I can, you know, I, I know exactly when I'm ovulating. I know when my period's coming. I like, I can track it down to like the day and it's so cool to see that. But what's even more interesting is me thinking back to when I was on an IUD and I didn't get a period for like five years. And that is just not normal. I think mm. the the industry, again, going back to pharmaceuticals, and honestly, it's really upsetting that a lot of doctors push that because I remember when I got my IUD taken out, they kept trying to convince me to get on some other form of birth control. And I was like, please leave me alone, please. <laughs> I think it's it's really upsetting because I'm like, that isn't normal, right? There isn't any person who can sit around and say, a woman who does not get her period for half a decade, that is normal. There is a reason we bleed monthly, right? Besides obviously the fact that we're not pregnant, there is a detoxification process that our body is partaking in. And when we block that, I feel like it not only affects our physical health, but just also our intuitive health, right? As women, we move with the cycle of the moon. We all do, but as women, we're even more in tune with the moon and even more in tune with our cycle to kind of pick up on things, to be very spiritually aware, to be very psychic, right? And when we block that and we block our periods and we just disrupt our hormones, like it just leads to some really like, like just awful stuff. I feel like that we're not talking about enough, honestly. Absolutely. Oh, kudos for you for standing your ground. Like, oh yeah, they kept trying to sell me. I was like, get out of here. I was like, I'm all set. Thank you. They're like, we can put another one in. Like, we have it ready. I'm like, I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> like, how yeah, they're just trying to get that kick back. Like, literally, how much is Marina paying you to literally like push this on me? Is what I was in my head thinking. Exactly, and I think that I mean, you hit the nail on the head, girl. Absolutely. Full stop. Like. It's all about the, the intuitive process of our bodies. Like, I don't know if you ever think about it, but it's like, if you cut your finger, your body heals, like your body, your finger, like it closes up and your skin grows over and it's all better. And it looks like nothing, you know, ever happened. And the rest of our body can heal like that as well. And I think that it just goes back to like, not trying to block our natural, natural bodily reactions. Um, I love that you came off the birth control and that your, your body regulated itself again. And the period is a detoxification process. That's where um, the body dumps all of the excess estrogen that we are no longer needing. Estrogen is the beautiful female hormone that is responsible for so many incredible things. Um, but too much estrogen leads to estrogen dominance, or at least a imbalanced ratio between estrogen and progesterone. And dominant estrogen is what leads to a lot of things that women deal with that we, and I personally have struggled with this as well, like, you know, hormonal chin acne or just blemishes and feelings of bloatiness and water retention and puffiness. And over time, estrogen dominance is what leads to things like breast cancer and Mm -hmm. ovarian cancer and all of these diseases that are 
And I always say the word dis-ease. It's not, you are not a disease. It's just, there's a dis-ease. There's no, there's a certain ease that is lacking within the body. And if you can just bring it back into equilibrium and into balance, you can, you can heal. So many, I think so much of, you know, our society, we think that a diagnosis is a, you know, a death sentence. And it's like, no, there is opportunity for, for healing. And just to touch on what you said about, um, you know, like the blocking the period, it's the same with, if you think about deodorant, like I'm super passionate about deodorant and trying to get all women off of at least the standard antiperspirant. I was going to bring like, that up. So I'm glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, that's a perfect segue. Um, yeah, the, you know, aluminum is, you know, the primary ingredient in conventional deodorant and antiperspirant. And what that does is it essentially blocks your pores and it makes you not able to sweat, obviously antiperspirant, anti-sweat. Um, but the thing is, is sweat is one of our most beautiful detoxifying mechanisms of our body. And I think I've, I've been met with pushback from people before when I try to sometimes share this conversation. Sometimes the initial response from someone is, well, the body detoxifies itself anyway on an everyday basis. And yes, that is absolutely true. But given the fact that we are inundated with so much for our body to detoxify so much that our body wasn't used to, you know, even 50 years ago. So our, so our rain barrel, so to speak, it's overflow, you know, becomes too full and then it starts to over, you know, overflow. And that's when symptoms start to manifest because our body almost can't keep up. And that's why sweating is so important. And if you're blocking one of your most beautiful detoxifying capacities through sweat, you're missing out on that. And um, I mean, for me, that was one of the first things that I ditched was because I got a swollen lymph node under my armpit. And that is where, I mean, you have lymph nodes on your neck, you have lymph nodes all over. Um, but some of the big ones that people commonly think of are the ones um, under your jawline and then under your armpit. And when those become inflamed, it's because they've essentially detected an infection. It's trying to expel it. And the reason it can sometimes get clogged is because you're actually blocking those pores with antiperspirant. So that was actually one of the first things that I ditched. Um, yeah, about nine years ago was because of that. And also not only that, but the aluminum is linked to breast cancer and so many other things that I think, um, us as women, you know, we are the ones typically using the most health and beauty aid products, you know, we're slathering on the lotions and the potions. And I think that if we're going to do that, it's, it's beautiful. It's fun. If that's your thing, like it's, there's no shame in it. I love health and beauty products as much as the next person identifying as a woman, but we just need to be aware of, of what's in there and make sure that it's not inhibiting our body's natural detoxifying process. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, um, the uh, swollen lymph nodes, I can definitely relate. That's happened to me countless amount of times. And it's interesting. I actually switched from 
regular deodorant to natural deodorant uh, a couple years ago. And I actually, I actually recently made the switch from natural deodorant to like, now I don't use deodorant. So I don't know if this is a toxin or not, but what I've been doing recently is I actually use like a, um, a glycolic acid under my arms. So yeah. And I actually think I'm going to create something kind of along this line, because what I've noticed is, and again, I don't know, technically, I don't think glycolic acid is a toxin, or at least I know lactic acid is made from, what is lactic acid made from? I'm not really sure. I have to look it up, but it's just a, uh, like just plain glycolic acid, like nothing else in it, no other ingredients. And it's um, a low- Yeah, it's um, super safe, glycolic acid. Yeah, it's just, uh, um, I forget the percentage, but it's a lower percentage one. And what I do is like, when I shower in the morning, I'll just put a little bit of that on a on an exfoliating cleansing pad, like a regular, you know, cotton pad, and I'll just wipe my underarms, and that's all I've been doing. And it's re- I actually like came across this like online the idea of doing this, but I found that I like it even much better than a natural deodorant because there's no residue left under my arm. There's no odor. Like I don't, you know, there's literally no smell like throughout the day. It's, it doesn't smell perfumey or like anything because there literally is no smell to the glycolic acid. And over time, we all know glycolic acid actually helps to hyperpigmentation, which if you have like darker underarms, it can just help to lighten that over time. And it's not necessarily something you need to put like sunscreen on because you're not, you know, raising your arms and showing your armpits to the sun, you know, for the whole day. <laughs> exactly. But, um, but yeah, that's kind of what I've been using as an alternate to natural deodorant recently to like test it out. And I've been doing this for about um, two months now. And it's, I don't think I'll ever go back <laughs> like at this point. That's amazing. I love that. Thank you for sharing. I'm definitely going to, I'm definitely going to look into that. Like, I'm so curious. Yeah, um, let me know if you find anything bad. <laughs> about <that>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, is this like the most, like, this is just not the way to do it. Like, let me know. But so far it's actually been, like I said, working out really well for me and um, a great alternative, especially if you don't want to. Another issue I had was like, wearing clothes like you know how you get that like stain under your armpit on your yes. like shirts and stuff especially like white shirts over time from like the deodorant I don't get that anymore like there's this one white crop top I swear I wear like at least once a week at this point and it looks totally like still crispy white everywhere <laughs> oh that's amazing yeah I was just gonna say that's often the, the first pushback as well you know when and I'm sure your listeners that have either used natural deodorant or have tried it um, you know, it is that. And so, but the, the interesting thing with deodorant in general, and like your body's just process there is that, um, when you first come off of using an antiperspirant, um, there is that sort of like introductory transition period of sort of like the awkward phase of like being 12, 13, 14 years old, you know, you're transitioning from like a kid to a teenager and I feel like it's the same with your armpits. There's this like awkward phase of your body being like, oh, wait a minute. Like, okay, we're like going to get rid of all of this and you sort of can get an influx of odor. Um, but the good news is that if you stick it out, um, your body actually will start to regulate itself again. And um, you'll find that, you know, after, you know, I don't know how long it would take individually. Each person is, you know, a bio individual and will be their own journey. But 
over time, you might not even need to use deodorant. Like mm-hmm. I don't use deodorant every day. I hardly ever, I mean, I have my Schmidt's natural deodorant that I love. I use their sensitive love. skin formula. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I use it, but I, I'm pretty mindful. I won't use it if I have like a cute, like white shirt for that exact reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find that I don't even, I don't even need it. So, you know, you're, if you can stick it out through that awkward phase, um, and just bring your natural deodorant with you so you can, you know, freshen up anytime you need to. Um, it's really worth it in the end. Yeah, I totally agree too with um, the not needing it some days. Because honestly, even when I was using the natural deodorant, like there were days where I just wouldn't like wear deodorant. It's it's obviously like a part of, you know, your routine, I think, like very much like, you know, taking a shower, like brushing your teeth, whatever. But there are some days I would just be like, oh, like I, I just won't. And there was never an issue. Like once obviously your body regulates and get used, gets used to it and everything like that. So I think that's definitely like a benefit to making that transition if, you know, you haven't already. So I am very curious about how you go about conducting research into finding out what's good and what's bad and like what's a toxin and how do you set that boundary of like how much bad you consume? Because if we're being honest, like we can't, completely get rid of the toxins, right? Like you said, we're just in a world where if you go out to eat, like the cleaning products that may have been used on the table that you're sitting at may have those toxins that you're trying to avoid in them. So it's like, unless you live in a bubble and you're not eating, you really can't (laughs) avoid them all. So what I guess is your threshold? Like, is it um, for like you know, those everyday products like deodorant, toothpaste, uh, shampoo, you're making sure there are no toxins in them. How does that work? Absolutely. That is such a good question. And I'm so happy that you brought that up um, because, well, um, I'll touch on the research part as well, Mm -hmm. but uh, so many people, like I even had girlfriends at work. They were like, they were like (laughs) joking of like, Oh no, I like, I saw your post and now I'm like scared. And I'm like, no, that is not the point to be scared. You know, the point is to be, you know, informed so you can make those better choices. Um, But yeah, at the end of the day, that, you know, there is, you know, your own individual threshold. And for me, I'm just a big believer in the 80-20 rule with just like everything in life. Um, 80% of the time I try my best. And then that other 20%, it's, you know, it is what it is. Um, I definitely would say like, just to give your listeners some practical advice and tips is I think if you can really just get a hold on a few key things in your home, um, that really kind of sets you up with a really good foundation. And I think a lot of people actually probably are dealing with symptoms that they don't even realize are related to some form of toxin exposure. And I don't, and toxin doesn't mean like it's, you know, like rat poison. I just, when I say toxin, I I'm, I'm meaning just anything that your body doesn't really react well to. And that's really what I mean when I say toxin. Um, so that could be something from monosodium glutamate, like MSG, or it could be, you know, BPA or, triclosan or, you know, these different ingredients, um, you know, a lot of people's eczema and psoriasis is because all of the fragrance in their detergent, you know, their skin doesn't like it. Um, so just kind of figuring out a few things that you can have a baseline from at home. 
um, and setting up your own non-negotiables. Um, so for me, I definitely am super picky when it comes to water. Um, I can't recommend filtering your water enough. Um, the studies and the information on municipal water sources pretty much in every developing country and every modern country, the water is not good. Um, doesn't matter where you live. There's even if it's pretty clean, there still is going to be added chlorine and fluoride. Um, so just getting a water filter um, at home and I think trying to shop organic as most as you can. Um, I'm a big believer in the clean 15 and the dirty dozen, which is a wonderful list that the environmental working group puts out every year. And the dirty dozen is essentially, um, if your listeners don't already know, it's basically their list of the 12 uh, produce items that you should try to buy organic. And the reason being is that the conventional grown produce of those varieties is the ones that are the most sprayed with things like Roundup, which is glyphosate and other herbicides and pesticides. And there is so many links to that, just causing so much disruption in our, in our bodies, especially when it comes to our gut health. So if you can just focus on trying to buy organic from the dirty dozen list mm. and even just shopping in season, cause it'll also be cheaper um, or buying frozen organic produce that will also be cheaper. Um, that is a great way to kind of ensure that you're, you're getting delicious whole foods, but you're not getting them traced with chemicals. And I would just say, you know, just simplifying things. You don't need 700 different products to use on your body. You don't need a toilet bowl cleaner, a glass cleaner, a sink cleaner, a floor cleaner. Like you can just use one cleaner that is, you know, like a, like a Miss Myers, or I really love the brand attitude. Um, there, and also I'm a big fan of Dr. Bronner's, um, mm -hmm. you know, just simple ingredients that you can, you can clean your whole house with it. And then if you put food on your counter, you don't have to worry about ingesting, you know, some funky chemical, um, in your food now, you know, and I think, you know, but also at the end of the day, I don't want your listeners or you or anyone to feel overwhelmed. That's really not the point of this. It's just to bring awareness into a space where maybe it's, it's often overlooked and, um, and just knowing that it's okay. Like you're going to come into contact with things. It's okay. If you can just do your best and in the best relative choice in your, whatever your situation or circumstances, then that's wonderful. And just being mindful, I think is key. And like, yeah, I mean, if I'm at a party with friends, it's a birthday party and there's, you know, Oreos and Chips Ahoy, like you best believe I'm probably going to have a couple of those for sure. I love them just as much as the next person. Um, but it's just bringing an awareness that one, the food industry makes those products and makes them taste delicious, which hijacks our brain. Um, so I feel like it's empowering to take back that power away from the food companies and really just feeling like, no, I'm not going to let you hijack my taste buds. Um, you know, every single day, you know, it's, 
and just, you know, enjoy your Oreo, I guess, occasionally or whatever, but being mindful that you're not making these choices to punish yourself. You're making them in fact, quite the opposite to nourish yourself because at the end of the day, like when you provide the environment that your body can thrive and feel nourished, then that's just going to unfold in so many beautiful areas in all your life. You know, you're going to feel excited to take on new challenges in work or in relationships, or you're going to feel inspired to write that book or, you know, all of these things that if you're not feeling good, you just don't have the energy or the, the wherewithal to, to really take on those endeavors. And so I just want everybody to like feel freaking amazing, you know? Yeah, no, I love that. And thank you so much for recommending that list. I actually looked up the dirty dozen list as you were chatting. And it's really interesting. Like I saw spinach on there, kale on there as well, which are two veggies that I love to purchase. And I'm, I'm so glad <laughs> that I typically buy organic with those. Yay. Like, yes. Um, and then I also, I'm so glad you mentioned frozen too, because uh, I think before, like way years ago, I used to have such a bad like connotation with frozen, but it's really, um, I think I heard sometime that they're picked when they're really fresh and in season and frozen at that time. So sometimes they can even be like better if that specific fruit or vegetable isn't currently in season. And mm -hmm. so now I'll buy like a lot of frozen veggies. Like I'll buy like broccoli frozen, oftentimes corn uh, frozen as well. So good to know that buying organic frozen is also a really good option, especially Typically, I, I've also noticed at the grocery store that frozen will be a little cheaper. So for someone who's like on a budget and maybe still wants to buy the organic and still wants to eat um, these vegetables and fruits and feel and be a little healthier, they can look to that frozen option as well. But one thing I wanted to kind of circle back on that you mentioned was the water, which I think is such a good one because water is, you know, we shower with water, we, we wash our raisins, brush our teeth, drink and ingest water. And I am currently, so I'm, I'm in an apartment. And I think one thing I'm curious about is for people who are living in an apartment or a situation where they can't necessarily maybe put a filter on like their uh, kitchen sink faucet or something like that, how would you recommend they go about with the filter? Because I know there's like the Brita filters, right? But say for example, like your shower, or just if you're, you know, putting some water in a pot to boil some pasta, is it okay to not necessarily have that be filtered? Or is it kind of like you really want to try to filter like as much of the water as possible? That is such a good question. Um, yeah, absolutely. Happy to dive into that more. Um, we, uh, my boyfriend and I are in the same situation, like we're in an apartment and we're renters. Um, you know, so we don't have, you know, if you are in a, if any of your listeners are in a position to like they own their home, there are some amazing options that they can look into to put a whole home filtration system. Oh, wow. Um, you know, it's somewhere usually between like, I think depending on, you know, how big the house is and everything, but right around, I think like $1,200, but then it's like your whole house and then it's yeah. done. Yeah, which like is that's like a lifetime investment. Like I would absolutely make that investment. Exactly. Same. If I had the option to do that in our apartment, I would do totally do the same. Um, but yeah, you mentioned Brita. That's um, that's a great one. Um, what I would personally recommend and what I do is 
we have a, like a big Brita pitcher, not a pitcher, excuse me, a big Brita dispenser in our fridge. Um, the thing with the only thing to be mindful. So Brita uses activated, um, charcoal as one of its filtering components. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's actually how it filters out like the chlorine and the fluoride, which is great. Um, but that a Brita filter won't filter out some of the other toxins. Um, so what I would really encourage both you and your listeners to do is actually, if you Google your zip code and Mm -hmm. put your zip code and then water report, Mm -hmm. your municipality is actually required to disclose all of their Mm -hmm. quarterly and annual water reports. Um, that's supposed to be public knowledge and they're actually supposed to send it to you as well. Um, but I think a lot of people opt for, you know, like electronic communications, so they might miss it in their email. Um, but if you can get your hands on your local water authorities, water report, Mm -hmm. you can then have a better understanding of what you actually need to be filtering out of your water. And then you can make a better informed choice on what filter to buy. So like here in Cayman, we're quite um, lucky. The most of the water is reverse osmosis treated, but then they add in the chlorine and the fluoride. So for me, the, the Brita filter is, um, it's good enough, you know, to at least get the fluoride and the chlorine out. Um, but another option, which I actually have ordered and I'm waiting for it to arrive. Um, I wanted a new one is a, as Berkey, a Berkey water filter. And I can send this to you so you can put it in the show notes if you'd like. Um, but Berkey water filter is incredible. And that's essentially like a countertop filter. You would put it on your counter, you would run your tap through it. Um, and they sell different sizes based on like whatever your household needs are. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could be a great option um, as well. And then the other option I would say is to be mindful of would be your um, shower. Um, I don't think it's really that big of a deal with your sink. Um, I mean, yes, you are interacting with it when you wash your hands and brush your teeth. Um, but I'd say in the grand scheme, you're not typically drinking water like out of that. Um, if you're filtering it. So just washing your hands and brushing your teeth is fine. Um, But when it comes to your shower, the reason that it's important to put a filter there, um, which you can actually get, they're like $30. They sell the Brita shower filters that will filter out that chlorine. Um, And the reason being is that if you're taking a hot shower, Mm -hmm. that chlorine in the water is now becoming vaporized and you're actually breathing it in. So it went from being a water, like a chemical in your water, to now it's become vaporized because of the heat. So now you're breathing chlorine directly into your lungs. So that's another thing I think so many people overlook. And if you just pop a little $30 shower filter over there, you can really avoid a pretty major toxin. Like we wouldn't want to sit in a room with a heated pool, breathing in the vapors of a chlorine pool. Mm -hmm. So why would we want to do that in our shower every day? You know? So, um, it's an easy way to kind of reduce that, that exposure. Um, and then as far as you mentioned about like, you know, like boiling water for pasta, like I totally get it. It is kind of a pain in the butt. (laughs) Um, I would say, I mean, if you, if you can just try again, 80, 20 rule, like I, um, I personally like to make homemade, uh, veggie broth. 
And I'm, and I use that, like when I make that, I make it with my, you know, filtered water from my refrigerator. And I just try to make the, like a big um, pot of homemade veggie broth uh, once a week. And then I have, I store it in just a glass jar in the refrigerator. So then I have actually homemade veggie broth to quickly pour into my pot for if I'm cooking quinoa or rice or pasta, that way it's easy and it's accessible. And also it's going to taste better because it's, you know, it's like a homemade broth. Um, that way it's easy for you. Cause I think at the end of the day, like that's the thing is that a lot of times we opt for what's convenient, which is totally normal. Like I'm the same. It's easier to just turn on the faucet and, you know, put that water right into your pot. But, um, I mean, they do make Brita sink filters. So if you want to do that, um, or, you know, I mean, I totally use sink water here and there for cooking things if I'm in a bind. Um, but if you can get in the habit of trying to use filtered water, um, it definitely can, can go a long way. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm going to have to look into the shower filter. Like I looked it up and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, can I install this? Will I have to like, call maintenance? <laughs> Someone, cause I take very hot showers. So. Yeah. So, same yeah, girl. I love a hot shower. I do. It's so good. It's so relaxing, but I'm also really curious. So I need to uh, replace my Brita. I literally have not replaced it since I moved, which is awful because I, I've been buying bottled water. I know don't, don't yell at me. Do not. No judgment, girl. No judgment. I, but it, how, like, is that okay as an alternative? So say like you're out or you're in a place where, you know, the only option, I guess, is tap. Cause you know, sometimes you'll go to a restaurant and they'll ask you if you want like the water and I'm, I'm it's always tap cause mm-hmm. I can taste it. Or if you want a bottle of water, say if you get like a smart water or a Fiji or Poland spring or whatever the other brand is, is that kind of in line with what the standards that we want for our filtered water that we would be ingesting? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, yeah, again, I think it just goes back to like your best choice in the, in the moment. Um, because yeah, I mean, I definitely drink tap water as well. Like if that's the only option, um, fun little fact, if you do, most restaurants do carry, even if they don't offer it, they usually do carry like sparkling or mineral water. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the time those actually are, um, packaged in glass. So, I mean, obviously that is, you know, you're going to pay probably like a dollar 25 or something for them to like bring you that, like a glass of, of the mineral or sparkling water. Um, but that's like a great way to get like a filtered water and it's coming from glass as opposed to plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but most smart water, Fiji water, Um, there's some other brands that are definitely, I definitely would say like the Fiji water is probably one of the better, um, bottled water brands. It's funny. Um, like the taste of that one. (laughs) I don't, I actually don't either. Um, I don't like the taste of Dasani either. I think it's disgusting. Oh my gosh. It literally is nasty. I like the taste. It's so nasty. And like, um, just like there's one here in Texas called like Ozark or something like that. It's just a random, I think it's just a Texas brand. It tastes Mm -hmm normal to me like Poland spring when I was uh, back in Boston is what that one tasted like so I like that one but the Fiji and the Dasani like it tastes I think they put a little bit too much of uh, the salt in there for like the electrolyte property or whatever and it just tastes like yeah to me I completely agree yeah there I think your Ozark brand is similar like I'm from Florida and 
we had Zephyr Hills and mm. like the Zephyr Hills is like spring water. And yeah, if you have access to spring water, um, you know, coming from the source, like that's incredible. And, um, you know, and if not, you can always get, you know, reverse, most of bottled, most bottled water is reverse osmosis. Mm. Um, okay. so that is the way that they're able to sort of purify the water. Um, but then it's just another thing to be mindful of is that drinking purified water, it's purified, but it also has removed all of the minerals that natural, like beautiful, pure spring water would provide you with. Um, so minerals like, you know, like magnesium and, and things like that. So that's the reason that a lot of people are low and deficient, not just from our water, but our soils are depleted and so many areas where we are, it's easy to become depleted in minerals because um, they're lacking in our modern environment. Um, so just being mindful that like, you know, taking, taking maybe an interest into like, oh, like, let me, let me just look into like a good whole multi-mineral and multivitamin, you know, just to like, make sure that you're replacing those minerals that you're not getting from the filtered water um, mm -hmm. is just something to consider for sure as well. Ooh, that is good to know, especially with like the, the minerals. Cause I didn't even think about that, especially in terms of like water, you're just thinking of water as being like water, but there are some, like I said, the smart water, whenever I get that, I'll notice that it has that magnesium added. I think the one that I picked up recently was like smart water plus, um, antioxidants and like, uh, is it selenium? Uh, yes, selenium. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, and so it has that in there too. And <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know even why I picked it up, but it looked like no, that's awesome. That got me, but yeah. <laughs> um, but can you tell me some of the most common toxins that people have in their homes that they aren't even aware are toxins? I know you mentioned a couple, like MSG. Um, there was another one you pronounced. You said that I was like, I cannot pronounce that. <laughs> but what are some of the other common ones that you know? If someone's kind of doing like a deep dive and looking at maybe their cleaning products or even their food like that they should keep an eye out that are like the big red flags absolutely yeah awesome question um yeah I definitely would say I have kind of like a big seven that you could sort of take stock in um in your home um the first one would definitely be cookware um I think just getting uh getting to grips with um you know, what, what are you cooking your food on? I think that's a, a lot of people overlook it. I definitely did in the past. Um, I don't, it's, it's not really super, super common knowledge, but, um, back in 2005, the EPA fined chemical giant DuPont, which is like a chemical company. They're massive in the States. Um, they find them like millions of dollars. I can't remember the exact figure. Um, but they find them over their decades long cover up for the health hazards of a chemical known as PFOA, which is like a polyfluorinated chemical. And basically they had known that it caused cancer. They knew that it poisoned drinking water in like the Ohio area. It had polluted people's blood. And basically they just lied about it. They covered it up. They didn't tell the uh, local officials. They didn't tell their workers. They didn't tell the EPA. And then eventually um, you know, through the work of groups like the Environmental Working Group, um, they were able to confirm that this chemical had in fact caused all this damage. And then they were able to, you know, basically have a lawsuit against uh, DuPont. 
So this chemical is the same chemical that is in a lot of cookware. And that's what makes it give it that nonstick quality. Um, and Teflon was actually taken off the market. Um, I can't remember the exact year, but they've since come out with like Teflon 2.0s. Um, and I think that if you can just look at your cookware, if you have some old Teflon pans, especially if you notice any pans that have a lot of scratches on them, mm -hmm. um, just throw them out, throw them out. That means that the coating has been scratched and it's going to be leaching into your food. And if you can just opt for, um, there's some inexpensive options that you can swap to things like stainless steel, cast iron, or, um, ceramic, ceramic, ceramic is definitely going to be the most expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, but you can find some ceramic coated pans that are PTFE and PFOA free. Um, and basically they, and as long as you take good care of them, you know, just hand washing is best. And as long as you don't use any metal utensils in the pan, like while you're cooking so that it doesn't scratch the coating, um, then, you know, you're good to go. So if you can just take a look at your cookware and really try to get rid of the Teflon pans, um, that's definitely a good start. And then I would say food storage is definitely another one. Um, I, I am, you know, I'm human. I have plastic Tupperware, right? But I think that if you can just be mindful of not heating up your Tupperware, um, just because the thing is with plastic is it's malleable. And when it's heated is when it becomes more malleable. Um, and it's things like BPA that give it that texture and then the ability for it to sort of be bendy. So when you heat it, you're essentially causing the chemical to be able to leach into the food. So if you use plastic Tupperware, um, just be mindful that if you're storing food in the Tupperware, just make sure your food is fully cooled. Like it's, it's not a big deal. Just make sure it's fully cooled, pop it in your Tupperware and you're good to go. And then just don't heat up your food in the Tupperware. Just put it on a glass plate or a glass bowl. Um, and then, you know, over time, you know, if you're able to make, make some switches to, um, glass containers, you can also, I'm a big fan of saving, um, any kind of like, I, sometimes you can buy like juice that comes in like a glass jar or pasta sauce or olives, you know, anything that comes in a glass jar, just save it, wash it. And then you can use it to store, you know, homemade dressing or whatever, um, in there. And then it's, you didn't even really have to buy it. You know, you kind of like got it for free. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Um, really quick, just the, the Tupperware. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Cause I like, since again, since I moved, I've had to like replace everything. And I used to have all glass Tupperware. And now, um, I think I picked up some plastic ones at home goods one day. Cause I'm like, Oh, I need some meal prep. And I just like grabbed what I saw. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been heating up <laughs> my Tupperware, which is so, you know, I'm so oh. used to glass, but now it's obviously the plastic and I'm like, oh my gosh. But I also love the thing with the pans. Um, my friends actually just gifted me an always pan for my birthday. And I was like looking it up and reading all their stuff about like the non-toxicity and sort of how they make the pans and like all the things about it. And I think Love that's like, a great option for someone, especially because it's supposed to replace a bunch of pans, which I can attest to because I boiled things in there, sauteed things, fried things, done all the things. 
Um, and another option I'd like to point out to people is um, it's a brand called Caraway. It's a little bit more pricey, but it's definitely something that I know I want to invest into. And I think anyone who's kind of looking to have an option to replace like all of their cookware can look into. And they come with like four different uh, pots and pans that are supposed to replace everything in your kitchen. And again, it's like non-toxic. It's They have a whole like page on their site about how they make their pans, like why it's non-toxic and all that, but just wanted to butt in with those two brands. That's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm going to go look that. I heard of the first one, but I haven't heard of the, what did you say? It's called Caraway? Caraway. It is. It's awesome. Like the reviews, like I, I don't think I've seen that many like five-star reviews for something and that many people like worshiping a product in my life. So good stuff, really. <laughs> And that it's really is like awesome pan, but it's just like you can get four of them in a set versus getting um like one pan oh so good oh my god yeah totally gonna go look that up thank you mm-hmm. yeah um <laughs> um but yeah so I guess just to like the other like other to continue on the little list is um I would say clean like your your cleaners and soaps which I won't go too much into because we kind of have touched on it but um I think one really good thing just to remember. And even with, um, some of the, you know, brands that, that, you know, market themselves as more eco-friendly and, you know, safe for the home, um, is that a lot of those brands, some of them do still use, if you check their ingredients, um, it will still say just fragrance. Um, and the, the word fragrance is kind of like a catch-all term in the industry. Um, companies aren't required to disclose what they put in to make their product smell the way it smells. Mm-hmm. It's considered a trade secret. So it's actually a loophole within the FDA. And so really they can put anything into, into the fragrance. And so um, unless they're actually disclosing what their fragrance is, um, I try to steer clear from it. Um a lot of the brands like Dr. Bronner's, um, some of the my um, um, the Myers and also the Ecos and also the Method. Um, I'm gonna have to double check all. I can't remember if all of their fragrance brands do, um, but some of them definitely do have really great ingredients. And if you're ever confused, um, just opt for the fragrance-free one, um, and you're gonna totally avoid any of that sort of unknown. Um, or if you do just check the ingredients, look for natural sources. Um, it will actually say, you know, lavender oil, um, frankincense oil, you know, it'll say what they fragrance, what they used as fragrance for the product. Um, and then, yeah, if you can just really avoid, um, triclosan and things like DEA and TEAs, um, I won't go too much into it, but it's that's going to be found in a lot of things like Lysol mm-hmm. and Mr. Clean and a lot of those like really harsh chemicals. And I mean, unless you're performing like open heart surgery on your kitchen countertop, like it's just unnecessary. You don't need to be killing you. It's just, it, yeah, it's just unnecessary. And the instructions on those products actually even say to like use gloves, wash your hands after using. And if a product needs like safety guidelines for you to use it on the countertops, you're going to eat off of. I mean, I think it, it just should mean like, let's try to avoid it, you know? 
Um, so I think just being mindful, like what you've done, you've already switched to brands that are way better. And, um, again, some of my personal favorites are Dr. Bronner's, um, attitude and better life. They all are on the environmental working groups approved list of, um, brands that disclose their ingredients. And that's another thing for your listeners. Um, and for yourself, you can always go to the environmental working group website and you can look up any product. Like if you're ever confused, you can literally type it into their incredible database and they will pull it up, whatever data and whatever information they have on the different ingredients within that product, they will, it, it just tells you. Um, so it's like a great resource, um, especially for anyone that's kind of first diving in and they're curious. Um, it's a great way to kind of get a little bit more knowledge around that. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Thank you for, again, the resources, because I feel like it's going to be good, especially like after this chat to be able to go and look up some of the products that are in my home. And I know for the listeners too, for them to do the same, but I know you've kind of gone over a lot of the brands that you love and I'm glad we have a lot of the same loves. It's good to hear. Right. Very reassuring. (laughs) Um, but what are some of the brands or maybe not if you don't want to do like a, a full on, you know, I don't love this brand, but some products specifically from certain brands that are your least favorite for the home. Or even if you can think about, um, I mean, I'm sure for the food, it's like anything processed, you really kind of want to stick avoid. Uh, but yeah, what are some of those home products that you would also avoid as well? Yeah. Oh my God. So good. It's, um, yeah, definitely. I would say for the home, um, one of the biggies is any kind of, and I, I kind of goes back to what we were just talking about, but any kind of um, fake fragrance in the house, like those Glade or Febreze plugins, the Febreze oh, no. spray. <laughs> I know. I don't know. say it's the so the body works ones. Oh my God. I don't have them in my apartment, but I used to like literally have one in every room before the, the, um, oh, the same, <laughs> literally same. I know. But the thing is, is so much of that is just, it's, it's literally just pumping chemicals into your house. And, but the best news is that there are so many other options out there, especially now that like all of this is becoming more common knowledge, like brands and companies are starting to create things. So there are so many, um, like, um, there's this one online shop, it's called mother nature's best market. And they sell Mm -hmm. like home sprays and they're made with like, and obviously you can make, you know, some of this even yourself at home, but like there's home sprays with different, you know, scents and they're all made with essential oils or, you know, other botanicals. Um, I'm a big fan of diffusers, or if you are going to have a candle, you know, opting for like a soy, um, Mm -hmm. you know, naturally fragranced candle is just a better option. I mean, again, if you have like your occasional, you want to have your, you know, your Glade plug in here and there, or maybe you just have it in the bathroom. Cause you know, like things can get a little stank in there. Like, <laughs> okay. Like, you know, it is, what, but it's just like being aware of it. And I think like a lot of people definitely like pump their house full of like so much fragrance and yeah, there's just a lot of unknown there. And also companies aren't really required to be held accountable for that. Um, so that's definitely like one of my least favorite home products. Um, and then in regards to food, I am, um, I think a really good rule of thumb is just like, you know, obviously 
whole food is best, like eating a diverse, you know, you don't need to be a vegan or whatever, you know, like you can live a healthy balanced diet by just focusing on, you know, getting mostly whole foods and, you know, getting a wide variety. Um, and then if you are going to be bringing in packaged food, because let's be honest, like anybody is going to have packaged food in their home. I know I do. Um, it's great, especially if you're in a bind. Um, but if you can just be mindful of on the back of the, on the ingredients label, obviously the shorter the list, the better. So if you see any kind of like personally hydrogenated anything or, um, MSG, which is monosodium glutamate or, um, the big one that I always try to avoid is natural flavors and yeah. Oh, now that like, when you start looking, it's so disappointing because you'll see natural flavors in literally everything. Um, and natural flavors is very similar to fragrance, except in the food industry realm, it's a loophole and no food industry is required to disclose what they are using to give something, whatever flavor they're giving it. And a lot of times what is used in those are, um, chemical engineered food like substances that hijack your taste buds and make you feel like you're eating a strawberry because it's like strawberry on steroids. And then you have a real strawberry and you're like, the strawberry isn't as good as the strawberry Kellogg's, you know, it's because Mm -hmm. strawberry Kellogg's is pumped full of this, you know, like natural flavor that enhances everything. And not only do you not know what went into it and how it affects your body, but then it hijacks your own taste buds and makes you um, become addicted to it. And quite frankly, that's how the food is so addicting is because they make it to where you can't stop eating it. Um, so if you can just really try to like avoid natural flavors, um, and then, I mean, you're going to still, like, I still eat potato chips again. Like, you know, it is what it is, but there's a lot of brands, um, that are coming out now that have awesome ingredients and you can literally look on the back and, you know, it's like potatoes, sunflower oil, or avocado oil and salt you know, okay. If you're going to eat potato chips, like you might as well try to pick the one that you can at least look at the ingredient. Like you said in the beginning of the conversation, like looking at your skincare, you're like, Oh, I know what all this is. Like it's, is that's definitely like a a great way and a great place to start. Oh my gosh. I love that. Well, I mean, I don't love the, the plugins um, situation, but I'm so sorry. You know, it's, it's okay. I don't have them here in this apartment yet. So I'm, I'm glad I like, you know, didn't go ahead and invest in those, but um, yeah, just even hearing about the foods and how they make them to be so addicting. I mean, it makes sense. I think we know that. I think I'm coming more so from the place of like, you know, I know sugar is a drug and I'm very much like I have the craziest sweet tooth and I've been trying to like eat less sugar. So not necessarily cutting it out completely because I know I'm like, I, I do like sweets. So I don't want to cut it out completely, but even Same. eating less sugar is so hard. Like I just had, um, I had lunch earlier around like three or so. And I'm the type of person that I'm like, after I have something, I want something sweet. And I didn't today. And I'm just like, my brain is like, oh my God, oh my God, I want some ice cream. I want some cookies. (laughs) Literally it's, and it's the hardest thing to have that discipline, especially when, like you say, like your brain has been hijacked. It's not that you're this 
you know, you're, you're going insane. It's literally that your brain has ingested a bunch of these substances that have made it want more, crave more. And when you don't have it, you feel like you're missing something. You feel like you need to have that thing, which is so hard. But Mm -hmm. I know that obviously, you know, cutting back on sugar or really being aware of what you're putting into your body, it starts off as a really hard journey, but it gets easier as you go along. And Really, like you said, a lot of this is just being aware so that we can make better decisions or make more informed decisions on what we're putting into our body, even if we're not doing it 100% of the time, right? But like that 80-20, like you said, just having that really nice balance. Exactly, exactly. And exactly what you said, like over time, it does become easier. And I think you you touched on like a really important point of just like, I think so many people when it comes to because I also like totally have a sweet tooth as well. I can really relate to that. And, um, and at the end of the day, like, I think a lot of people almost like they shame themselves and they feel so guilty and they're like, Oh, I just, I can't quit junk food or it's something's wrong with me. And they think that they just don't have the willpower. And I'm here to tell you, like, it is not your willpower. Like, this stuff was engineered to make you react this way. And just you're, you're reacting exactly the way that these, you know, not you personally, but like all of us, like when we eat that food and and it's, it's so easy, right. To like open up a box of Cheez-Its and eat the whole bag. Mm -hmm. Like literally it's, I've totally done that in my life. And I get to the bottom. I'm like, Oh my God. Like I literally just consumed a whole box of Cheez-Its and I'm like still hungry. Like what is going on here? Yeah. It's like, that was like 10,000 calories, you know, like I should not be hungry. And it's because, you know, our natural, our leptin and our ghrelin, which are our hunger hormones that regulate our feelings of satiety and hunger, you know, they are being hijacked and all of these chemical processes that happen, um, are essentially biohacked from like this, you know, these food, these food-like substances um, that are in a lot of po- packaged and processed foods. So if you can just, you know, try to try to avoid them, you know, 80% of the time, you won't even eventually want them anymore. And then when you have them, you know, you just enjoy it, you know, like be at your friend's party and have, you know, some Doritos or whatever, and don't stress out about it. But um yeah, I think just taking back the power away from the food companies. And I feel like that's like the one way I can stick it to the man. I'm like, the one way I can be like, no, F you, you're not going to control me like and control the way my taste buds behave, you know? Yeah. Which is honestly, it's like, just going back to what we're saying with the pharmaceutical industry and now it's like the food industry, there is just that continuous like narrative of money being involved, of wanting people to just buy things excessively or to be addicted to something so they never leave and they never stop coming back as a customer. And it's just really disappointing that this is where we've come with the things that we've created, like science and our knowledge has come so far, but it's like really just, again, disappointing to see when it's like turned towards something, honestly, pretty evil. If you ask me, cause this is not, yeah. this is not cool. Like at all. Totally. I couldn't agree with you more. Honestly, it is. It's really sad. Like, but I'm, I definitely would want to leave like your listeners with a feeling of hope for sure, because yeah. the tide is changing. Like, so many brands and companies are being birthed out of this need for transparency 
because mm-hmm. so, so many of the big conglomerate brands like your Kellogg's and your, you know, like your Procter and Gamble and your Johnson and Johnson, like so many of those companies have, you know, people are realizing what a bad reputation they have and how they've just skirted the rules of justice and have just really like not been held accountable at all. And that like opens up space um, for, you know, other companies to come into fruition. And like you said earlier about like, I love that you want to support like smaller businesses. Like, I think that's amazing. And that's what's happening out of this. You know, so many food companies are being created and so many skincare companies are being created by people just like you and me who literally were fed up or experienced something or just saw a need and were like, I want to make something that I can trust and that I can recommend to my friends and family and I can use on my own family, you know? And so the tide is definitely changing. And I think that as long as, you know, we just keep this momentum and continue to spread awareness and make people more aware um, and people will continue to vote with their dollar and the food, big food and big agriculture industries, they'll eventually have to, you know, start listening. Um, and yeah, and that will just keep that shift happening. I love that. And that is a very, very, very beautiful and hopeful note for us to end on. So thank you for, you know, just even saying that. And I know that there are probably some listeners out there who are sitting with an idea or a thought of something that they can do to kind of like get involved with this. And hopefully this is the catalyst to them actually taking some action and going into whatever it is they're feeling called to do to support this this movement, right? And this change um, in the world. So for the listeners, I would just kind of love for you to leave us with where can people reach you, find you? How can we work with you? Um, I'm not sure if you offer either services or uh, products or even just kind of like, you know, consultations or anything like that. Um, would love for you to kind of leave us with that information. Of course, I will also add any of the links that you mentioned into the show notes as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And this conversation has been so amazing. Um, and I just really appreciate like your energy and hey, yeah, you. <laughs> you're welcome. I've um, loved as well. It was oh, so good. Like ran over, but I love when it happens. Cause it's just like, it's such a juicy conversation. Like, oh, yes. <laughs> I love it. I love the word juicy as well. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, if your listeners, um, I would be honored if they wanted to connect with me on Instagram. That's one of the main places where I show up pretty much daily. Um, you can find me at the clean B and that's T H E E. So it's B with two E's clean B. Um, and, uh, over on my Instagram, I pretty, I show and share a lot of like swaps. Um, I do weekly wellness topics on my IG stories. Um, and also if they would like, they can click on the link in my bio over on Instagram. And I have a couple free resources that will sign them up also for my weekly newsletter that drops every Wednesday. Um, I have a sort of grocery shopping recipe guide. It's a 10 page quick start guide with a lot of the information that we talked about here today, as well as the dirty dozen and clean 15, as well as a few budget shopping hacks there with some recipes to sort of get you inspired. Um, I also have my seven steps to a le- uh, seven steps to a less toxic kitchen cheat sheet, 
Um, so that's available for download for free as well. Once you sign up at the link in my bio, um, and yeah, if any of your listeners are interested, I'm currently waitlisting my coaching program. Um, I had it open for a little bit, but I've closed it just for the time being as um, I'm actually working on launching my podcast. Um, so definitely love to have you on once that's uh, officially up and running. Yeah, that's um, exciting. I can't wait to hear. I feel like this is awesome because I, I want to hear more of the tea on how to like clean up my home and clean up my diet specifically. So <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. So, um, so I've paused that just for the time being, but I do have a link if, if anyone's interested to, um, be waitlisted on that. I mean, I am on TikTok with the same username, the clean bee. Um, I definitely am. I'm trying to be more consistent there. It's really a fun platform. I like really have fun making videos. Um, just need to like incorporate more time in my schedule to do that. But yeah, you can find me there and yeah, and pretty much my newsletters. I am on Facebook, but mainly IG and TikTok is where you can um, connect with me. Well, perfect. Well, thank you so much, Madeline, for the conversation, for all of the insights and just for kind of like letting me know what's up with my kitchen and my household. <laughs> and obviously letting the listeners know as well. This has been amazing. So thank you so much again for joining me for today's conversation. Absolutely. Thank you again so much for having me. This was incredible. I really appreciate it. Hi, my love. I hope you're enjoying Manifest Daily, whether this is your second or your 22nd episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with our latest episodes. And if you really love this show, I would appreciate it if you could do me a huge favor by leaving a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. It really helps the show grow and reach more listeners like yourself. And like I said, I would be super grateful for you to leave that five-star review. Thank you for being here and for being a part of this amazing and growing podcast community. Now let's go ahead and dive into today's episode.